Hello and welcome to today's episode of Untapped Gold Mines. My name is CJ Depardine, and as always, you can find everything from Untapped Gold Mines on untappedgoldmines.com. We also have a YouTube channel, and the podcast is distributed across iTunes and Spotify and some of your other favorites, uh, thanks to Anchor FM. Today, I am very excited to have Lori Corcrera here with me. Hi, Lori. Hi, CJ. It's so wonderful to have you here. So I'm going to yes. read out Lori's bio uh, just to give you all a background of the wonderful stuff that Lori's been involved in uh, since I've known Lori for sure <laughs> and, and much longer than that. So Lori is the co-founder of and CEO at Spark Creations and Company. It's a training and development organization that inspires people and companies to create meaningful cultures and workplaces. Over the past 20 years, Lori has cultivated her people and culture development, community relations, and leadership coaching experience as both a strategic and progressive senior human resources leader in technology, interactive entertainment, retail, hospitality, manufacturing, professional services, and nonprofit spaces. Lori is passionate about elevating the life experience at work and cultivating a community that is igniting and enriching our human spirit. I love it. <laughs> Lori has been a featured speaker for Disrupt HR Vancouver, HR Tech Human Capital Symposium, CPHR Victoria Symposium, CPHR BC and Yukon Annual Conference, HR Professionals Association Annual Conference, Canadian Auto Association Customer <laughs> Experience Conference, and Women in Tech Regatta. I know there's just so much you've done. You're so incredibly accomplished. I love that I have the opportunity to have you on the show here today. Lori's also published articles for magazines, Inc., People Talk Magazine, and BC Business. Lori is a certified professional coactive coach with her CPCC with the Coaches Training Institute, or CTI, some know of. Uh, an active mentor for Futurepreneur Canada, Dress for Success Vancouver, HR Tech Group, and Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, and the co-founder of the Success Enterprise Inspire Foundation. To learn more, please do go visit sparkcreationsinc.com. And uh, wherever this is posted, I will also post all the links that we refer to in this conversation. So did I miss anything, Lori? No, but why is it so hard to hear that? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. Why do you think it's hard to hear that? Oh, yeah, because I, I talk about a lot about um, self-compassion and compassion and, and love in general. And then you, you hear someone talk about you and it feels uncomfortable because maybe I feel like, oh my gosh, it's all about me and, you know, it's going to make my head feel so big or whatever. So it just feels awkward. But at the same time, I think leading by example, it's actually good to be okay with that, to feel proud and appreciate yourself because if you can appreciate yourself then you can appreciate others even more. Oh, what a great <laughs> response. And I have to say in out of that response, I had this like visceral reaction to it because you are so right. There are so many of us, especially women mm -hmm. um, in, you know, management and above positions who many, and I won't say all, but many do struggle with the idea of self-promotion. 
It's yeah. very tough. And I know I have as well. And I know that some of the greatest mentors that I've ever had have said, you need to bring your credentials and you need to stand up and say, you know, what you've done and why people should care. Um, and so I think it's really great that you kind of leaned into that mm -hmm. and just said that that's kind of part of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And I have to agree because it's, it's important that we acknowledge the work yes. that we've put in and that we take pride in what we've done and we don't let go of that because you've done a ton. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious mm -hmm. how you got on this journey. How did you mm -hmm. get started? Yeah, well, I, I, I got this question uh, beforehand, so I, did, I have thought about it. But then every time I get on a podcast, it kind of makes me want to change, you know, like in the moment, I'm trying to right. feel like what's the answer that I want to share. So first of all, I've been on this journey, it's a lifelong journey. So it, 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 there's, it never stops in terms of learning. And so I'll never ever call myself an expert. Um, but I do appreciate what you what you shared earlier about really acknowledging who we are, because I think that vulnerability and that courage to do so and, and to be able to share our stories like we're doing right now is so important for us to build our confidence and our leadership um, back to the theme of what we're talking about. But my journey, there's so many different points. I could talk about like an experience I had when I was on a, on a playground and there were some kids that I wanted to connect with and they turned their backs on me. And then I had this moment of feeling lonely and scared and that has really been a spark that's kept me, you know, ignited to, to ensure that everyone I, I connect with feels seen, heard, and cared for. But there could also be a moment where I'm sitting at a dining table. I was dating this guy and he had, all his family were like a professor. Uh, everyone was in school and university and they were all talking about all their different programs that they're taking. And, and they were just all sounding so smart. And I had, we've known each other since high school. I had taken time after high school to keep working. We just couldn't afford it. Or I just was not in the space of going through that. So then I, I found myself in that situation where I couldn't even, you know, talk. I actually, when, when it came to me and they're like, Lori, what do you, what do you, you know, what, what, you know, what's new with you? I put more food in my mouth. So that's a part of my personal journey of really not wanting to put myself in a situation where I couldn't be a part of the conversation and be able to, to share some thoughts and, 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 you know, yeah, just be there. Um, and then there was even my divorce. You know, I, I had uh, gotten married um, at the age of 30. I realized that I woke up and everyone is married with kids. And I was like, wait a minute, I've been focused on my career. I've got an education. I've got a, you know, I've got all these things that I thought I was supposed to check off that define success. And then, and then the divorce happened and then I lost myself. And that's when I discovered coaching and realized that I hadn't really been living my life for myself. I've been living it for other people and be externally focused. So when you take those three things, there's so many different aspects of leadership or just being human that I didn't know starts from within. And the more we take the time to learn more about ourselves and more grounded in, um, we are in who we are in who our whole being, but also that we can be more present for others. So I'm sure we'll talk more, but that's really, you know, what keeps me going and what inspires me and, and really drives my purpose in life. I love that. So you spoke about a few pivotal moments that kind of untapped you, yes. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so one is just acknowledging that, that feeling that happens in, you know, elementary school to high school. And, 
you know, we all have that feeling, whatever that is. Trying to fit in, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes that carries on for a good chunk of our lives as well. I mean, we talk about, especially in, you know, the coaching world, life coaching, for example, like mm-hmm. childhood programming, uh, you know, what, what are the limiting beliefs that we have, all this kind of stuff. But it sounds like you had this desire to pursue what could be greater for yourself at all times. Yes. And that's so fantastic. So that pursuit of greatness, Mm. how do you see that play out in the work that you do every day? Mm -hmm. Because you're supporting organizations and leaders Mm -hmm. and you're helping them create cultures and or Mm -hmm. shift their cultures, identify their cultures, Mm -hmm. lean in, Mm -hmm. adapt around, whatever terminology you want to use, but you are helping with culture on a day-to-day basis. So how does that apply? Yeah, I mean, it's changed and evolved as I became more uh, conscious and aware. And again, my own personal journey was sort of simultaneously happening at the same time of me understanding what culture is today. Because when I went back to school, finally, because <laughs> after that dinner, I think I went home and I Googled something like business school and I found out about human resources because I knew I wanted something business related, uh, but it was either marketing or HR because I knew I wanted something that was people related. So I go back to school and study human resources and you know if you go back into seeing what the curriculum is about it's it still hasn't changed from like 20 years ago when I went to school it's all about you know recruitment and compensation and benefits and employee relations and all of those things around HR the foundational pieces of that function are still very important I get that that's the you know you need to have some of those you know you have to have those um, key elements implemented however What I've realized, again, through my own personal journey is that we are all human beings within a workplace. And I didn't get that when I was doing my corporate HR role. I was doing it and getting up every day. And like literally there would be programs I would cut and paste from Google, you know, because this is how other companies are doing it. So we must do it as well. So notice I'm always doing things because of what other people or what other companies are doing. I didn't take the time to really understand what was important to myself, to the leaders, the executive team, so that we can create something special that's unique for our company. Because every company is unique, every individual is unique. And so there's no such thing as trying to be like other companies, but we're not, we had, I wasn't taught that. I wasn't taught to take the time to ask these questions of ourselves and then of the leaders. I just kind of did what I was supposed to do you know, whatever the the program told us to do. So I think that's the huge shift in untapped, you know, goldmine that I realized was that we are all human beings within the workplace. So we need to treat it as that, that when people come into our organizations, leaders, team members, whatever, we, we need to take the time to understand who they are as an individual, the whole person, so that they can personally be connected with themselves and then show up even better for others. And so there's, that's what we've been doing at Spark is really taking the time to, un, to help leaders uh, uncover what their true authentic self is and the personality of the organization. Because each person brings a unique um, individuality. And then when you bring them under the same roof, now you got to figure out, okay, so how is TJ and Lori and whoever else, their individual values and purpose and vision going to like work together, blend together. And what is that now going to create? Because that's that unique DNA of a company now. 
Right. And so I want to call out the date because right now it is April 11th, 2020. Mm. The world is experiencing this incredibly ever-changing pandemic, COVID-19. We are facing the reality that some of the stuff that we were taught, (laughs) you know, in terms of how to run a business and how to support our people and how to make decisions every day, they're kind of imploding in front of us today. And I'm with you. I agree with you that the foundations typically don't change. Those can stay the same, but there's a lot changing in the world around us today. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of pointed to the fact that culture is unique to the organization, unique to the leaders, unique to the people, and it's changing all the time. What else do you see changing now that we are dealing with this and likely not to come out of it supposedly until summer, um, we're going to be re-entering a workplace that we're not as familiar with anymore. And a lot has changed in between. So what do you think we're going to see from our organizations and our leaders that kind of comes out of this situation? If anything comes to mind, I know it's a really tough question, but it is, but it's also something that I know you and I really connect and with and feel very passionate about. So for a lot of the people on the on the call, you know, I think traditionally we look at leadership as a way that's outward focusing, right? You know, I, I when we get a request on our leadership topics, they always want to skip the leading self module and just go leading teams. Just right. tell me what I need to do. Give me the process. Give me the, you know, the, the, you know, step-by-step on how to give feedback, but they hadn't taken the time to understand why it's really important or how they themselves want to receive feedback or what what is trust for them? What is self-trust? So, you know, you've been so progressive already. When we talked, I love the fact that we've been thinking about this even before the COVID, but there were still very few companies that were like saying, yay, yes, CJ, let's do this. Let's bring more of this personal development type of, conversation within the organization and the reality of it now is that when we're on zoom or remote or whatever tool we're using we're realizing when we're looking at that person in the video that they're they are human being we're seeing their home now we're seeing that they have kids and or or whatever living situation maybe they have an aging parent that's living with them or you know pets we're seeing them as a whole person and we're i think the shift or what's happening now is that's the realization is that it's not just work related we're we're having to realize the basic human needs of just physiological and security like people are feel fearful right now so in order for them to even think about work is like we have to kind of check in and say how are you feeling today and what's important to you team member or leader and let's start from there you know and that is going to be different for every single person which is why the values and the purpose work, which we've been doing for years, but a lot of companies can do more of, I think that's going to, to be needed more or people are going to realize that that is something that we need to focus on. So I think more of a personal connection to the individuals within the organization, I think is going to be a, a huge focus. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very interesting kind of paradox because mm-hmm that is going to be incredibly important as you and I both know, because 
we've got people and we just, we spoke about this just before this call, we're on the roller coaster ride ourselves yes. and we focus really heavily on optimism and positivity and like being a light for our audiences, whoever they may be across the globe. And our leaders have a responsibility to do the same, but there is no leadership training program on how to be the light, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or there aren't too many of them. And like you said, it kind of comes from within. And that's not an easy sell for people like you and I who you know, come from this space. We know that to go to a leader who says, I need to recover this business. I need to bring this business back to profitability. That's my number one focus. Because if I can't do that, I can't do anything else. And we're saying, but wait, you have a bunch of people that have been riding an emotional roller coaster for two to four to five months. Yeah. Some of them have lost family members during this time, or some of them had near losses. Some of them themselves may have been very sick. Mm -hmm. You know, so does the work start today where the opportunity is? available. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I need to get the money coming back in the door. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I think I was on another podcast <laughs> trying to minimize my webinars and my Zoom connections to at least three a day. But I was on one yesterday and the speaker, I mean, the person that was leading it, I, I know her and she shared an example of her daughter, who I think is in high school, if I remember correctly, saying, mom, the way I'm, I'm going to make a decision of which company I'm going to choose to join when I start working is how did you support your team during COVID-19? Right. Amazing. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Like, this and this is, is a, a teenager. School. Teenager. <laughs> right? But they're thinking yeah. about that already. So yeah. when I think about that question and I, and I reflect on it, I realized that the generation, whatever their age, because they're going through this right now, like even the little the little ones who can remember, teenagers for sure, um, anyone that's sort of thinking about going into the work, workplace, they're, we're all kind of experiencing, we're all kind of waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen, but also we're, we're really watching now how people are responding to it. Right. You know, the, the leaders and the companies and the decisions that they're making, if they're taking care of people first, Right. I think people feel more connected to that. And why is that? Because it's a human need for us to belong, to also to be compassionate and right. to be human with each other. And the ones that don't, or they, you know, they, they, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to say, because lots of people make this certain decisions for their own right reasons. And I want to honor that as well. But I think the ones that do focus more on people and can do it compassionately um, are the ones that are going to continue to thrive. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, it's, it's yeah. great. So I'm wondering how we do that today. So yeah. we've, we've got this remote world and for many organizations, we're not used to it. And for some, especially tech companies, this is like second nature, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know I've been because of my businesses and um, just the nature of the work that I've always done. I've been heavily involved in the remote space. So we now have, you know, some organizations just getting on board with that yeah. and they're trying to find that way to connect. They're trying to find that way to do their one-on-ones. They're trying to find that way to build the rapport that might not have existed, but is now really vital with mm -hmm. their people. Mm -hmm. What did they 
thinking or what are they using today that you know of that's helping them untap these types of conversations? Yeah. Well, what's coming up for me is that when, before the COVID, the theme of challenges that leaders were already going through, okay, so these are, these are the things that they needed to be coached on, for example, when I'm coaching executives or business owners or leaders, the things that they were struggling with before the COVID was already managing themselves, managing their time, managing their energy, they are feeling distracted, I feel like I can't, you know, get everything done, I'm not 100%, or I'm not feeling very present, I know I'm not really listening, and everything just seems so heavy, right? right. So, that was already happening before the COVID. So I think the untapped opportunity here for everyone, I think is we're, we're being sort of saying, we're being kind of forced to be still and to pause and to breathe and to actually um, take ownership by, of how we're showing up. Like there's, there's no way for the way that we used to be feeling all distracted and not being 100% and going from meeting to meeting and you could tell, right, when the leaders are not there, they're on their phones, they're on their laptops. That's not, that can't happen anymore. That can't continue on because especially when we're on Zoom or we're on a remote kind of situation, we need to make extra effort to be intentional and purposeful with our connections because it, it takes more effort to make that person feel they belong or that they feel valued from a, a video, right? It's not face-to-face -face anymore. Right. So the words that we use, we have to be more appreciative. We've got to focus and, and be more attentive. Like um, Eric Tamunde, one of my friends, he put a video on it and he learned this tool. One of the leaders he was speaking with would is now having a journal open. Every time he has a one-on-one -on -one meeting, he's writing down everything that's sort of coming up for that individual. Right. That, that's not work-related. So that when they have a conversation the next day, they go, oh yeah, so how, how is so-and-so? I think you said you had a family member that wasn't feeling too well or that your daughter is you know, 13, she was gonna start doing this virtual you know, online schooling. How's that going, right? These little things that we're paying attention to now and then bringing that into the conversation through an online kind of tool is even way more important. And so I think the opportunity is more self-awareness. Right. I, I, I could not agree with you more. I say I love a lot, but I, 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 I do love that. And I think, you know, you and I from a coaching space, we're quite familiar with taking those notes so that yeah. one, we can, you know, come back to these conversations the next mm -hmm. time we have a coaching conversation. Um, but just also not forget because we're coaching people, you know, sometimes three to six people a day um, in, you know, my past career um, window. So I think the notes taking is very, very valuable. And you reminded me of, you know, typical sales training or networking yes. training where they tell you write things like write three things down that are personal about this person on the yeah. back of their anniversary car. birthdays something right just simple stuff but let's talk about how that makes people feel mm -hmm. so if you're on the receiving end mm -hmm. of that conversation where mm -hmm. somebody checks in with you and removes the work just for a few minutes and checks in with you what do you think comes up for those people that are on the receiving end of that Lori 
Well, for me, <laughs> there's there are five languages of appreciation. If, if no one, if right. anyone has heard of that, or if they haven't heard of it, I highly recommend uh, looking into that a little bit more. Um, I love words of affirmation. I know that about myself, and also physical touch. So I'm a hugger. This is really hard, you know, for me these days. You know, yep. not being able to have that human connection, and um, but I'm surviving. Um, but yeah, the words of affirmation I know is my my uh, appreciation language. So. Because of that, I, I love it. I, if when someone says, you know, they notice the little things or they'll send me a little text message and saying, hey, how are you? Or it's happy birthday or whatever. I just feel, wow, they, they thought about me. Right. They thought about me today in everything else that's going on right now. They actually thought about me and took the time and effort to, to make a note and to say hello, you know, right. and it doesn't even take that long to do it. I know we're not where it's natural for us as coaches. And I, that's another thing I'd love for you to bring back a little bit later is that coaching is the, the I feel the strongest way to um, build connection and relationship if we can do the coach approach. So I don't know if that's part of your leadership program right now at Unbalanced, but I think that that is, if, if this is the time right now for coaches, this is the time, right? Because right. we're fully present, we're curious, and we're really wanting to pay attention to the individual. Right. And yeah, I would extend that to just coaching in general, coaching skills for leaders. I know that there's like four very powerful questions that I've always been able to ask historically. And if you don't mind, I'd just take a couple moments just to share those um, because we brought it up. It comes from appreciative inquiry. I've kind of made them my own. Um, After the, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? um, We start with, what's working well for you, mm-hmm. right? Great yeah. question because there's question. a lot that can come out of that. The book, The Coaching Habit, encourages mm-hmm. you to also ask what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, right? So what's yeah. going well for you? What else, what else, what else? What could be even better for you? And I take this one kind of from Erickson, uh, from my coaching tra- coaches training at Erickson and mm-hmm. um, adapt it with the appreciative inquiry because the concept of, what could be even better? Asks the individual to look within, look mm-hmm. at the areas of opportunity that aren't feeling that great today, mm-hmm. but also solution. So you're being yes. problem aware while solution focused, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but it's solution focused. Mm-hmm. And then how might you get there? Mm-hmm. Right? Love what it. needs to change? What could you do? Mm-hmm. What could you do differently? However you ask that question, like what, what can you do to get there? And mm-hmm. what is realistic? What are the next steps? Who's mm-hmm. going to take the R on that, right? If you look at the RASI, for example. Yeah. So again, you know, what's working well? What could be even better? How can you get there? And what are the next steps? Four mm-hmm. very simple questions, but really powerful in even today's yes. time. Um, and really, I, I think historically, I, I honestly, I was able to probably do the first maybe five to six coaching sessions with every client just by asking those four questions over and over and over again. Cause there's always, especially with the what else question thrown in there, there's always more that can come out from somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And then asking what is important for you to focus on today. Right. 
Yeah, and these are great questions. So you don't, whether you've taken training like like CJ and I, you don't have to go through the, uh, you know, being certified or hopefully right. you have some coaching skills that you have through your programming at work. But just using those three or four questions um, as a daily kind of check-in, part of your one-on-one check-in is amazing because you get so much um, information and the curiosity that comes from that, they will feel it. And then Absolutely. pay attention, like actually listen and then pay attention and write those notes down. Right. And there's nothing wrong with writing those notes. And you can tell people in advance, yeah. I'm going to take note of this stuff. It's for my own reference, just so that I can come back to it because mm -hmm. it matters to me what you say. Yes. And I want you to say whatever is on your mind because it's important to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you I and I that. both know <laughs> kind of that untapped gold mine of coaching, just that simple curiosity. What else would you see as an untapped gold mine out of coaching? So, I, you know, I've shared four simple questions, but there's a lot more to coaching than just asking four simple questions, right? So what else yeah. from your experience? So when I did my coach training, um, I had this master coach say to me, because I, I, I struggled with my, you know, my, my supervision calls and I would think, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not a great coach because they would, they would say, say, share all the feedback. And then one time she said to me, she goes, Lori, do you know how to love? And I said, yes. Do you know how to listen? I said, yes. Then you're a great coach. And I just, I just loved what she said. And I know I say I love a lot. So whether you use love or not, let's just say you care, right? Do you care? And do you, sorry, yeah. Do you care or you know how to care about your people? And do you know how to listen? I think those are just two little things I would add to those four questions. It's just the, 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 um, the gift of listening when someone is truly listening, especially on an online kind of tool, because it's a little bit trickier. Um, but if you are able to do that with, you know, you're looking at the camera, you, you have no distractions, you're fully present, um, whether you're taking notes, but even pause on the taking notes and just like take a moment to really connect with them people will feel like, wow, that person is making an effort because it's very, very, um, it's not very often that you see that. Most of the time I see people who are completely distracted with their phones um, or, you know, their phone is down, but you can kind of see the little bit of a fidget of like, oh, you know, like how long is this going to be? Like, you need to be still. And in order to do that, it takes time to learn more about that, right? To be self-aware. Right. And you've brought up a couple of really good points <laughs> that I want to bring back as well. Okay. The checking the phone. Uh -huh. I've seen the checking the watch. Mm -hmm. I've seen the kind of like distraction from the computer. Mm -hmm. I would say that today, absolutely. No, no. Right. We want to be fully connected. And if we have to be disconnected for some reason, then we should be very upfront with it when we're starting a conversation. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that we should say farewell to, not just today and not just in this kind of emotional roller coaster we're all dealing with, but to create that connection, show we care and show we really, really want to listen and understand what else needs to go? Hmm. What needs to go? That's a great question. What is it that I don't want from the old world to come to the new world? Mm, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm struggling with? I'm having withdrawal with the idea of having to be busy all the time. Ah. So I don't know if that, you know, adds a little something to spice you up in your brain here because I'm a high achiever. 
And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, um, especially when we're in a leadership role, we feel the need to look busy, to feel busy, um, to know all the answers, to kind of have everything together. Um, I can't show any weakness or show that I, I'm, you know, lost or whatever, like all these different old paradigms or, you know, thoughts that we put on ourselves, either from someone in the past or our parents telling us to be a certain way. And all of a sudden we think that that is what true leadership is supposed to be to just be this most powerful superhuman and that has to go that has to go there's no such thing we are all learning we're all living this life together in our own unique way and it's okay not to have the answers it's okay not to be 100 percent. it's okay to all of us and at the same time take ownership to acknowledge where you're at and then do something about it not ignore it so right. i'm going to pause there because i'm sure you got, you got Oh, no, it's, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's fantastic because I'm, I'm the same, like I am Mm -hmm. a workaholic and my work is actually my passion. So this, what we're doing here might seem like work to other people. This is like my gym time. My (laughs) husband goes to the gym for two hours. I do podcasts and like, you know, side projects uh, to just intellectually stimulate my brain. But I too have recognized this just insurmountable feeling that that is not sustainable in this world. Um, And I don't currently have direct reports, but I look at the people that I coach, the people that I support, the people that I'm trying to help develop as the people that need my attention the most. And so when I think about busy work, I think about how can I support them? So if we want to replace busy work with something for the high achievers that need to be doing something all the time, I think what I'm hearing from you is we need to replace that with connection. Yeah. Right. And that's just busy enough, plenty, but it also creates that opportunity to, to really forge those bonds that we need moving into whatever the next new normal looks like. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you, CJ. When, mm. Describe someone, whether they've been in, in a leadership role or not, but someone has, that has been influential to you or someone that inspires you, like describe what their qualities are and why. Oh, that's a great question. Um, interestingly enough, yeah, I have a few people that come to mind, but one of the most powerful um, leaders that has inspired me is somebody who stops and asks me how I'm doing and really cares about me um, before we even get into anything else. Mm -hmm. And also before giving me feedback asks, do you have any feedback for me? Wow. Okay. Because I don't believe, and you and I spoke about this uh, last time we met, um, I don't believe we can create a culture of feedback in an organization, especially Mm -hmm. after this situation, Mm -hmm. without really recognizing that it, it has to come from within first. We have to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, do you have feedback for me? Or, hey, Mm -hmm. I recognized a reaction from you in that meeting that I'm not sure I'm reading into correctly, but I feel like maybe I should be asking if, you know, that landed well, or if you have, you need clarity, or if you have any feedback for me. So we look within. Mm -hmm. To me, any leader that starts with, you know, that 
internal, whether it's looking internally at me or internally at themselves, first and foremost. If we get the internal out of the conversation first, and certainly not out of the way, that is not a good word. And I'm, I definitely don't want that to be confused with our listeners when they hear back. But if we can get the internal on the table first, then we can truly lean into all the other stuff that we need to work on. Yeah. Right, and what is it, is it for sure? So when you talk about internal, I'm just going to dig. A <laughs> <coaches> here. <laughs> I don't mean to be so curious. Like it no is just, I'm just so curious. I want to hear you speak. Um, so when you talk about the internal, what is it going to take for a leader to do that? Like what are some, some ways to bring more of that internal focus besides yeah. asking the question about feedback, but what other ways? Right. I think you said it first. You said, we have to encourage them to do that internal work. Okay. So now's the time, I think, and, and you and I also, also spoke about this before the call. I think now's the time to lean into that learning and development, that self-leadership, mm -hmm. that self-purpose, that, you know, what is going to root me and ground me into the days Mm -hmm. when everything else around me is kind of falling apart and I'm overly concerned about it, what's going to keep me rooted? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you said it best is just looking within Yeah, yeah. And how they do that. I don't know. I mean, I think learning and development, but I'm biased, right? <laughs> Coaching <Quite> with CJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or Laurie. Yes. But I, I, th I think it is. So I'm going to put it back on you. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Yeah. So um, there was one of the, the questions you said, if I had any resources uh, that could help untap this self-awareness or that mm -hmm. self-leadership, or at least start the journey of it. Right. And, and I'll make it available uh, to you as well uh, as a link. It's called a leadership profile. So we just call it a leadership profile. You can call it whichever you can call it profile or a one pager of get to know me. Uh, you know, it's a self discovery kind of tool. And all we did is used Canva and added questions and called it a leadership profile because we were using it for our leadership training program. And it's just a nice one pager, you know, fun colors that match our branding. And we ask questions about, you know, when do you, um, when do you light up or when are you feel like you're in flow or, you know, what are your strengths? What are your values? What is your life purpose or why? Um, what are your proudest moments? Uh, What's, uh, you know, so what's something that you want to learn about yourself? What's your dream canvas, which is like your bucket list? So you can come up with whatever list of questions you want, but this is the questions that we came up with. And then it's, it's like an invitation there to sort of get to know yourself. So we used to give that to people as they were getting recruited with us. So through our recruitment process, which we, we changed the name because I, I like to, to do things differently. And I thought, well, what's the one thing that people get frustrated with during a recruitment process or an interview process. And I said, I hate feeling rejected. I don't like that feeling of like at the end of the conversation, you don't know if they like you and the company's gonna hire you. So we eliminated this rejection feeling by making the process of recruitment or interviewing a learning opportunity. So the first step for them is to do this leadership profile to, to learn more about themselves. And then we all share our leadership profiles together. Oh, before, lovely. Yeah. Before we even, you know, talk about work, let's, right. because whether we do decide to work with each other or not, you get to learn about yourself and I do too. And it's just about that. So I think there's an, there's an, an opportunity there 
for, for us to kind of uncover. And then, you know, feel free to add whatever questions or use Canva, it's so easy and come up with your own kind of profile or one pager and then, um, or user manual, some people call it that, and then give it to, start with yourself and then give it to your team and have that as a way to just get to know each other. This is the opportune time to do that. Right, and um, I posted, recently about doing a very similar exercise around our communication persona. So like, how do we, where do we come from? What are our personalities? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is the background and experience that we bring to the table? How does any of that shape the way that we respond to the world? What are our internal response mechanisms? Mm -hmm. And, you know, is that situationally dependent Uh, and so on? And so some of the feedback that has come out of sessions like that, including Mm -hmm. that one was, Uh, or is often around the lines of, I've never done anything like this before, which to me is quite shocking because you and I, we've spent a lifetime looking within, right? And we've spent a lifetime doing personality assessments and helping people kind of look within themselves. Um, But I've never done it before. I love how it feels to get to know other people on my team. I had no Mm. idea. The, The wildest statement that I ever heard that actually brought tears to my internal soul was (laughs) I'm humanizing the people I'm working with. And that's the key. This is the thing that, you know, if we want to summarize this whole conversation about what is what we're letting go or want to kind of transform into this new reality is that we need to humanize each other. Yep. Yeah. And our organizations and everything we do. And I mean, we've, we've heard the Simon Sinek's and um, you know, those who kind of talk about leadership of tomorrow Mm -hmm. and leading millennials today, for example, speak about the importance of looking within our businesses and saying, are we doing the right things? Are we a sustainable organization? Are we a conscious organization? organization? Are we thinking about our external footprint? Are we thinking about the reputation that we have internally flowing externally? And does that match with what, you know, tomorrow's leaders want from their organization? So you said it earlier where we've got, you know, these high schoolers now saying, I'm going to make my decisions about who I work with based on how they treated their employees during this time. Yeah. And I I think that that's going to shape the future. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Sorry about that. Um, I have that book there on purpose, The Infinite Mindset, because I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. And I've been reading this book, but I also watched all of his like speaking engagements. So he's been talking about it even before the book came out. So are you familiar with the concept of infinite and finite things? To some degree, I haven't read the book. So a little bit. Okay, so just to summarize, and I hope I do it. I do it justice. It's about um, right now. Okay, so we're we're most companies uh, are leading their company as as if they're in this finite game. Right. We have known players, right? So we want to be the best. We want to be the number one company in whatever field or industry that we're doing. And they're saying that out loud into the market, into you know the the community, the universe, but no one's ever even agreed to play with them. No one said in that industry that we're going to play this game. So how could they even be a winner when there's no game that has been agreed upon and no players have been agreed upon. And so they're, they're playing, um, they have a finite mindset, but in an infinite world. So we are, we're, (laughs) there's no such thing as winning and being the best. It's just, 
you know, um, are we ahead or are we behind? And are we creating a company, a legacy, the infinite legacy where it's going to live beyond us? So are we making decisions that we know, you know what, there's going to be 2001, then there's going to be 2008, and there's going to be the 2020 COVID-19, and there will be another one in maybe five years, if not September. Like there, there is going to be something that's always going. So these companies plan for a longer uh, you know, a longer vision right. to survive that and not just be like reactive. Oh no, this is happening. We didn't save enough money because we didn't think this was going to happen. And so now we've got to do layoffs. So right. there's a huge difference in that in everything that you're talking about, just being more human, more compassionate, thinking about the indiv individual beyond the COVID, just like how they are human and connecting to them. If we're able to focus on that, then once we get through this, they're going to remember that because that's the longer infinite way of being. Absolutely. And there's so many other patterns we can pick up on associated with the infinite mm -hmm. game, right? Um, including how do we create an organization that is very adaptive, not one that has these yes. like hardcore goals that we're drilling into everybody and we're forcing everybody to hit Meanwhile, missing all the other stuff that's happening in the rest of the world around us and losing out on, mm -hmm. you know, those pivots and those shifts and those needs that our humans have that, you know, we're not seeing because we're just so focused on that kind of finite goal or that finite North Star or whatever. Um, I would imagine this is going to take a lot for organizations to get there who have actually been quite fixed and finite with their with their businesses. So um, how do we help them tap into that? What mm. does that look like? Yeah, what's coming up for me and what's really a big theme around this book, but also just overall what we're experiencing is this idea of re resiliency. So right. being resilient and being resilient. So how do we do that? We need to, again, take care of ourselves, look inwards, check in. How am I doing as a human being, as a leader, as a parent, as the whoever I am in my, you know, however you describe yourself in this world and, and then leading, leading them in the best and most authentic way, taking ownership of, uh, of that, because we have a responsibility of the energy that we put out in the world because we're all interconnected, right? So that's already kind of hopefully a reality. And then how do we bring that resiliency? So I know you, t you teach a lot about agility or agile environments and adaptability and how we, you know, we don't even know, we didn't know this was going to happen. I don't, right. I mean, I guess Bill, Ga Bill Gates did. <laughs> he did a TED talk in 2015. He knew that was happening, but like very few of us are able to predict what's happening into the future because we're not looking at all the data. We're not looking right. at all the things. We're all looking at the goals and our quarterly, you know, reports and trying to meet shareholder value and, you know, those board meetings and all of that. But if we are able to focus internally, what I know for sure is that when I'm grounded and I, and I feel I know who I am, then I'm less in my head and I'm more here. And now I can have a bigger kind of view of what's going on. I could hear things and, and feel things that I couldn't feel before because I'm way more grounded. And I think that's, that's what's going to hopefully happen. How does a company uh, do that? I guess 
you know, when we talk about the busyness and all of that, like how can they start learning to take care of themselves, to be resilient for themselves as well as for their teams and then pass that on to their teams. Right. Right. Build and resilient teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think some of that will come from also evaluating some of the stuff that they, you know, created as busy work. Yes. How important is that today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, can we swap some of that out for the humanization that is absolutely necessary now and into the future for our businesses? Mm -hmm. So I would love to, I don't know if this is a, a good time to ask, because then if, so what's the difference between like the busy work versus the humanization uh, or human work? I, I mean, I kind of know the answer, but I wanted to hear that from oh, you. Oh, I, I want to know from you. <laughs> this is the, the, you are the guest here oh, today. Oh, I'm the guest? Okay. Yeah. I'm asking myself the question now. Yes, it's a great question. Yeah. Because I was, I was curious when you said that, I was like, okay, if I was like listening, I'll be like, well, wait a minute, what is the difference? And what is a busy work? Yeah. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to try to answer that question. I think as a, a goal-oriented person, you know, it's nice to have a vision for your life. It's nice to have purpose and to create goals. I think where I might have missed on that point is, again, focusing on the goals that were external that I didn't really know had meaning for me. So if I were to bring this into the workplace, I think the way we look at our goals and our strategies and our vision now is, does it have meaning for the individuals creating it and leading it, but also for the rest of the company. And that will help to determine, are we working on the right things? Are we doing the things that are really gonna support ourselves, the leaders, the team, the community, like our customers, like really focusing on the meaning and the why and the purpose behind everything that we do. And hopefully that will make us sort of determine, because we're having to do that now. When we wake up, we don't even know what day it is, <laughs> right? but we're waking up and we're thinking, okay, what's the absolute most important thing that I need to do today? So we're right. already starting to be trained to focus on what's most important. And I think we'll just have to keep doing that. And the only way to do that CJ is values, right? If we take the time to understand the values of each individual, not just the company, because we know that and, and, and realize that they're all humans just happen to be under, you know, the umbrella of this company. Um, then we're going to be able to create more of that connection, uh, more of that decisions that are more aligned with all of us. Right. And I think one of the things that you kind of pointed out is, yes, the vision, the strategy, the goals are important. Mm -hmm. But I think there's opportunity for us to recognize that pivoting is equally as important. Yes. So yes. as organizations, mm -hmm. yeah, like, and, and that speaks to your resilience, right? Like, I believe strongly, and I've been kind of like, this has been like, irking me for a while. I mm -hmm. believe that we've gotten goal setting wrong in the world. Yeah. I believe that we send the message that you set a goal, you need to target and aim and like, tunnel vision, get focused and, and mm -hmm. go, go, go. Yeah. Mm hmm to me, I've always set goals that were never about the goal. They were always about the direction. Nice. But I am such a like big advocate. And again, this might be all my own bias, but I'm such a big advocate of being able to pivot. And if we can enable our teams and make it safe for our teams, and again, that safety comes from the connection, right? So we need the connection first. We need to know ourselves within. 
We need to be able to connect and earn that trust. We need to be able to give the safety to the teams to say, self-organize around the goal and pivot as you need to. Just keep us informed as leaders. Yeah. Then we have a very resilient tomorrow. Oh, beautiful. I hope you know, you're recording this. So you're going yes, to be able to do you're going to do some mic drops. You're going to be able to do, so, I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch this again and write quotes and go and then quote and share it on the social media. This is what CJ said. Um, one thing that was coming up for me as you were speaking about that, or just your last comment, I started to envision the times when I used to climb mountains. So I would climb the chief was one of my most memorable ones, but I've climbed in many places around the world. Um, I did that for 25 years until I injured my shoulder. But as a climber, when we're climbing, you have this partner that you're climbing with, right? And you take turns sort of leading the climb and then the other person kind of follows and then you kind of, you know, you keep going and you do these in pitches because that's only the length of the rope. Otherwise, um, you don't have <laughs> enough rope to go for the whole thing. So right. you have these moments between these pitches where you're pausing. And there was one particular climb I did on the Chief in Squamish that we underestimated the time that it was going to take, first of all, so we didn't bring enough water. And then we lost, we got lost on one of the, one of the routes. So we ended up going the part of this route where it took two hours instead of an hour. So we, we, we ended up having to backtrack and come back, but it, it reminded me of a moment that I had, we had to pivot and figure out and communicate with each other, how we were doing and what, you know, what we we're going to have to change in the moment. So we had to be very agile obviously resilient. We didn't even do the climb until we were like taking care of ourselves, but we ran out of water. So we had to consider that. Like we started to have to manage the number of sips of water that we, we were having. And then eventually we got to the top. We ended up getting stuck there again, underestimating the time and had to sleep at the top of the chief for four hours before the light, um, you know, until the, the sun kind of came out around four in the morning. And then we started tracking down because it's completely dark. If you've done the chief, the hike in the back is completely dark. Um, and so I just thought about that as an analogy of just resiliency, being able to pivot, um, being able to, we had a goal, but then we had to sort of change and figure out how to do another route just to get back on track. Um, and so while we had the vision of getting to the top, we needed to still be able to adjust as we went um, on our climb. Right. And that's so wonderful. What a great analogy. Because I mean, that's the reality. GPS works exactly the same. Yes, We've got exactly. a destination in mind, but the GPS is going to make us pivot all the time. And that was the best explanation that anybody ever gave me about agility. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a GPS system. You are rarely ever going to get to that destination taking the exact same route every single time. Mm -hmm because there's construction, there's potholes, there's this, there's that. Um, and again, you know, there's so many arguments and, and examples we can use for just those, those moments where the unexpected just happens. I think it's maybe why I like the Big Brother TV show so much. Not the Canadian one, but the US one. Like it's the expect the unexpected, right? Like yes. you're constantly putting these human beings in this, you know, place where they have to pivot and you're seeing the human behavior play out 
it's no different in an organization because the second an organization has to pivot and they, if they don't include their people and they haven't humanized and it hasn't been a people first organization, now they've got a massive amount of change management on their hands as well. Mm -hmm. So we can avoid a lot of that stuff by being people first. And I think that that's, you know, the, the root of the message today. So as an untapped gold mine, I think <laughs> being people first and humanizing our brands you know, and, and building that into our resilience strategy going forward sounds like a really good theme from today. Yay. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much, Lori, for being here. You're You've welcome. been fantastic. I hope people that are listening to this uh, take the opportunity to look back, take some notes. I will be sharing the links that we've spoken about, um, any resources that might be really relevant to this conversation as well, uh, because there is so much that we can do. We mm -hmm. just have to sit back, take a moment, take it in yeah. and ask the question, what can we do? And right now we're doing that every single day. So there's lots in this podcast, so this, this video that we can do every day. And again, I thank you so much for being here. Uh, just before we go, where can everybody find you just to close up the session again? I know that you'll, you'll add uh, sparkcreationsinc.com as our website, but I also want to invite anyone to connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm an active user and I, like CJ, we love to read and uh, share information as a way to kind of give back and we're all about learning. So uh, feel free to connect with me and happy to continue the conversation or, or share information along the way. Like we're all learning together. Awesome. And so I will share your LinkedIn profile in the show Perfect. comments and descriptions as well. Thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful Thank rest you. of your day and your weekend. Happy Easter long weekend to you. Yes. And you uh, I will chat with you shortly.